Hello guys and welcome to Watson La Liga 23rd match day after the international break and after the Copa del Rey quarterfinals. Congratulations Álvaro, Athletic are in the semifinals. Commiserations Edu, Athletic are in the semifinals. Yeah. That's the only thing I can say. Yeah, I know. Uh, Athletic Club Bilbao beat a la Real Madrid in the way that Real Madrid uses to win the games, right? In the last minute with a heroic goal. It was nice. It was nice. Good atmosphere in San Mames. Uh, we have the semifinals uh, next week. This is going to be in two legs. But finally, La Liga is back and we have many good games. For instance, Barça Atlético de Madrid. So let's analyze all the games with Álvaro, with everyone, of course. Leave your comments below and don't forget to press the like and subscribe. Let's go on now with the show. And we have a great Sunday. We have uh, four good games, but let's start with the game we have on Friday, actually. Tonight we have Getafe Levante. Getafe, they can be so happy for points more than the relegation zone. They got a point even in uh, Anoeta or Real Arena against Real Sociedad at home. Last six games, five victories, one draw. So, Álvaro, I think this is a no-brainer. Let's go with Getafe, no? The odds are quite good and Levante, they are doomed even losing at home against Cádiz. It's amazing that we are saying that this is a no-brainer when Getafe is playing, isn't it? Yeah. But, it but it's true, it's true. I mean, uh, Getafe, they are in a great run with Kike Sanchez Flores, the manager. Getafe are kind of far away from the relegation spots. They are... Four points away from Cádiz, which is something that would have been unthinkable just two months ago. Uh, and in my opinion, they, I would say that they won the transfer window. You might think yeah. that I'm crazy, but they got themselves Borja Mayoral, uh, a player with a good reputation in the Madrid area. Gonzalo Villar, another very good player. And Oscar Rodríguez. Uh, Oscar Rodríguez, when he played for Leganés, he was probably the best set-piece taker in La Liga, uh, all together with Messi and Enis Bardi. So those are very clever, clever signings or players on loan. And these players, they are going to, I think, they make a small difference for Getafe in this short term, which is the next five months uh, before June 2022. Uh, when it comes to Levante, you know, I think that after their uh, penultimate win, losing against Cadiz 2-0 at home is probably one of the most disappointing results of the season. I mean, they needed to get back-to-back -back wins after winning one game, and they lost to Cadiz at home. Uh, defensively, they have been very leaky. That's why they got themselves in the market a very experienced defender like Martin Cáceres, who is still, by the way, playing for Uruguay. Mar Martin Cáceres played the other day um, against Venezuela a couple of minutes, I believe. Uh, the bad thing for Levante is that Morales and Campaña are not available for this game, and these are probably the two best players of the team. Uh, there is no question about that. And Levante has conceded 43 goals this season, an average of two per game. So I think that Levante... Argona Luzquiar, I think Getafe is going to win. So Getafe to win, that pays 195. Mm, a clean sheet for Getafe doubles up your bet, but I prefer to stick to Getafe to win. I think that is a little bit less speculative. And if you want to maximize your money, this is obviously taking more risks. An Asian handicap minus one for Getafe, that, that pays three. And uh, it will mean that if they win by one, you get a stake refund. If they win by two, you win. But I'm going to stick to Getafe to win. I think that, that is good enough. 195. 
It is good enough, uh, no-brainer for home of TikTok. First half, over 1.5 goals in the Getafe game. Well, in the last game at home, we saw many goals against Granada. Levante usually score goals. Also, they are very leaky. Could be an option. But uh, remember that Getafe, in general, and with Kike Sanchez Flores, is a defensive team. And for sure, they want to keep it uh, defensive. Against Levante, we have a lot of important games for the relegation battle on Friday and on Saturday, like this one. Elche Alaves, also very good odds uh, to back Elche here because they've really improved under Francisco, even got in a draw at Santiago Bernabeu. Also, they put Real Madrid in travel in the Copa del Rey at home, seven points out of nine, including beating Villarreal. So everything looks positive for Elche, whereas for Alaves, uh, I'm not seeing anything good or improved uh, under Mendilibar still Alvaro, the team does not score they got thrust uh, for instance uh, when playing away against Betis there is nothing to back, no? Uh, putting our money on Alaves Yeah, I know, I think that uh, this is a tough one anyway, eh? because uh, you know, Alaves uh, they started the season very badly with Calleja and Mendilibar came on the 28th of December, I believe. Has he really improved Alaves significantly? I don't think so, but uh, I would like to put an asterisk on top of uh, Mendilibar's name because uh, he has got very tough fixtures in his start as Alaves manager. Uh, he played against uh, Real Sociedad and Athletic Club Bilbao, two basket derbies. Uh, he got two draws there. That is a positive outcome. Then uh, he played against Barcelona. Uh, Alaves lost. That was uh, expected. He played against Betis. Betis beat them heavily, as you said. But Betis is beating heavily pretty much everybody. Let's remember what happened at the Real Arena against Real Sociedad uh, just last night. And um, they got one win. Uh, with Mendilibar. So, uh, Mendilibar, as an Alaves manager, he got two losses, two draws, and one win. That is not good enough, but at the same time, I would say that the opponents he has had to face, they were very tough. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't write off Alaves, uh, especially with Mendilibar as a manager. When it comes to Elche, yes, they are in a fantastic run. I mean, they have been four games unbeaten, and uh, Villarreal and Real Madrid couldn't couldn't get the better of them. And this is very impressive. Uh, I think that for Elche it's going to be very important to see how the new additions are uh, responding. For example, Ezequiel Ponce, a new striker for Elche, considering that Lucas Pérez left in the last minute to Cádiz, considering that Benedetto, another striker, left. I think that uh, this striker, uh, Ponce, has a little bit of pressure over his shoulder. Um, and yes, I think that Elche, they could capitalize here. I could go, however, for the first half draw. I think that Mendilibar will try to make the game a little bit cagey. That pays uh, 2-0-3. And uh, a draw itself pays 3-11. Uh, I think that this game could have that outcome. But if you want to go for something slightly more complex, well, this doesn't pay a lot, but the Asian Handicap plus 0.25 for Alaves in the first half. I repeat, Asian Handicap plus 0.25 for Alaves in the first half. That pays 158. And that means that if they win the first half, you win. And if they draw, in the first half, you get half a win. So it's a decent way of minimize losses, maybe. Um, but as I said before, the first half draw is probably my favorite thing here, 203. Mm, the Asian handicap zero, for instance, for Elche is 1.75. So if there is a draw, you get your money 
back since That's there good. is, of course, as you mentioned, no, the risk of a draw. But back in Elche, um, we have good odds for it. Actually, I'm surprised to see these good odds for Elche. And if we go to the following game, we have Mallorca Cadiz. The odds to back Mallorca are lower. And you will explain to me, Alvaro, because Mallorca... They can fall into the bottom three after being the whole season outside the relegation spots. If Cadiz beat them, they will just go on top of Mallorca. And they lost in the Copa del Rey against Rayo Vallecano. Actually, both are coming from defeats in the Copa del Rey. But the situation for Mallorca in La Liga is bad for straight defeats for them. Whereas for Cadiz, in this case, we've seen some improvement or at least in the results with under Sergio González, Cadiz are getting results. Well, if Cadiz does uh, what they've been doing in the last two weeks, they're going to be fine. I mean, they drew with Espanyol through all, and then they beat Levante away. So it's very important to get the results against uh, direct opponents because at the end of the season, the head-to-head, -head, in case of a draw on points, matters a lot. So I think that Cadiz under Sergio, they've been fine, and Mallorca has been pretty catastrophic lately. Let's don't forget that they have scored only one goal in the last five La Liga games, and I know that they have had some difficult opponents, like for example Barcelona. Barcelona didn't beat them comfortably at all, don't, don't get me wrong, but uh, Mallorca they have been really bad lately and they have a hell of a problem with scoring goals. I mean, uh, they are the lowest scoring team in La Liga, all together with uh, Getafe, and I thought that Mallorca was going to score more goals. Um, when I saw their uh, squad at the beginning of the season, I thought that they would, you know, Having the likes of Cubo and especially Fernino, a striker who started decently for them, I thought that Mallorca was going to score more goals. But right now they are in a very, very uh, bad run. This is a proper six-pointer, and yeah. and I think that uh, for this game, for example, I will back a little bit Cadiz. I think that uh, the odds give us over there like an opportunity to make uh, some good money if we back Cadiz. So, for example, a double chance for them, something that, uh, you know, uh, I find it absolutely fine and uh, I find it absolutely like to, likely to happen. A double chance for Cadiz pays 2.05. Um, Cadiz to win, by the way, pays 5. Uh, and don't forget one thing. All, all the wins that Cadiz got this season, they've been away from home. For some reason, at home, they are not able to capitalize. Maybe they feel the pressure. But away from home, they got their th all their three wins this season. They got them away on the road. So, Cadiz to win pays five. I, I wouldn't go that far. A double chance for Cadiz, 205. Or, otherwise, you can go for something a little bit more conservative. They say handicap plus 0.75 for Cadiz. That pays 179. And that means that if they win, you win. If they draw, you win. And if they lose by one, you get half a lose. And I think that, honestly, this is the best bet you can get here. Asian Handicap plus 0.75 for Cadiz. But the odds, as you said, are good to back Cadiz. Home of TikTok is going for both teams to score in this game, for sure. As you said, <clears throat> this is a six-pointer to avoid relegation. Our next game, we have Celta, Rayo Vallecano, and also here, I pretty much like mm -hmm. the odds uh, in this match. Hey, Alvaro, I like the odds also to back uh, Celta. Me because too. Rayo, they are coming from a tough Copa del Rey fixture. They will play the following week, the semifinals of Copa del Rey. And I'm sure the hope in that neighborhood of Madrid is that they are really hopeful to play a Copa del Rey final in La Liga, they are absolutely fine, very far from danger, but they've been so poor the whole season when they are playing away, whereas Celta, they are getting better and better, as we saw in the Sanchez-Pizjuan against Sevilla, so 
it looks awesome for me, these odds to back Celta. Yeah, uh, call, call us crazy, guys, but uh, we're going to back Celta here, I think. Just yeah. because, they, you know, on the basis of the odds, I mean, they are very good for Celta. And uh, they are a little bit too generous for, for Rayo Vallecano, but there are two different Rayo Vallecanos here. Uh, you know about the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality, right? Rayo Vallecano at home, they are fantastic. And they basically, they... They established themselves in the league and in this uh, top half of the season thanks to their results and performances at home. But away from home, Rayo Vallecano got only five points this season. Five points away from home. As many as Alaves and as many as Getafe. And these teams are fighting for relegation. So I wouldn't back Rayo Vallecano away from home right now. Uh, Celta is doing okay. They drew with Sevilla in the last game. That was very impressive. A two-all draw, I believe. And uh, Rayo couldn't beat Celta in the reverse fixture either. I think that these things sometimes matter a little bit. Rayo Vallecano was flying at home at the, in the first half of the season. But they couldn't beat Celta there. It was a nil-nil uh, yeah. scoreline. So, I think that these things are important too. Celta to win here. That pays 198. Good enough. I believe that this can happen, and let's don't forget that Celta has probably the best player of Celta is Yago Aspas. He's going to turn 35 years old this year, uh, this year, and he got two weeks to rest, or maybe 10 days to rest. Uh, this is very important for a player like Yago Aspas. He's going to be fresh. Um, over 2.5 goals, I like that one too, because Rayo and Celta tend to score. Uh, that pays 2.20, and uh, then there is a crazy one here that, uh, you know, I like it because Celta has done it this season, but maybe this is too far too far or going too far. Celta to score in both halves, for example, that pays 340. This is a team that scored three goals at home against Barcelona. But yeah, I would stick to Celta to win here. 198. Yago Aspas is going to turn 35. This... Yeah, he, he was born in 1987, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought he was an old player. <laughs> it turns out that he's younger than me, these things. Maybe you are old. Exactly. You just do me a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> By the way, Kelvin is thanking you for the Super Cup ACA that went through. Again, Álvaro, congratulations. My pleasure. The Athletic Real Madrid, and you got the other three correct. And Cijol is asking for the FA Cup uh, this time. We are not going to make the FA Cup. Tom is getting a well-deserved rest, but we will be back the following week with the Premier League, of course, and we have uh, Bundesliga, Serie A, and all the competitions, as always, in our channel. Then, on Saturday, we have Osasuna, Sevilla. Sevilla with Anthony Martial. Good signing for them. I guess they hope that, and they have to go back to the winning track, because remember, they drew at home against Celta, even lucky for them, because they were 2-0 down. They also drew against Valencia in Mestalla, so if they want to chase Real Madrid, they have to beat Osasuna, who, surprisingly, Álvaro, beat uh, Granada away in the last game. They did. Uh, well, Osasuna, strangely, they are better away from home this season than uh, in their own ground. Uh, I spoke a little bit before about the transfer market. Uh, I said that Getafe won the transfer market uh, because, you know, this is a team that can normally cannot get like top quality players and they did get very good players. But I am very surprised with Valencia signings. Uh, Many players, a couple of players on loan. Uh, Barcelona has been improving the squad, but Sevilla as well. Sevilla got Corona and Martial, and they haven't lost Diego Carlos, which is as important as signing a player, because this Sevilla, uh, 
thinks that they can win La Liga. Lopetegui doesn't talk about that because, you know, he's got a little bit of a dull message or very uninspiring message with media. But then uh, he's a great manager. He, he, he's a good manager. So I think that Sevilla is going to be fighting for La Liga title until the end. And this is the kind of game that they, they have to win, basically. Um, for this game, maybe Sevilla will uh, be missing a, a couple of important players because Fernando and Delaney and even Diego Carlos are doubtful for... Uh, niggling injuries, muscular problems. The Moroccan players are back and some of them are important, especially Bono and Nesiri, the number nine, he's important too. So, yeah, those players are going to be back for Sevilla, hopefully fully fit. And uh, when it comes to Osasuna, well, you said it all before. I believe that uh, at home this season they haven't been particularly convincing, but this is a team that they are still doing kind of all right. And um, they are uh, kind of comfortably sitting 10 points away from relegation. They got a win in their last game, and that was impressive. Um, uh, they beat uh, Granada 2-0. And uh, for this game, I'm going to go for the following. Uh, the thing is that the odds for Sevilla uh, are a little bit stingy. Uh, they are not giving you a lot. If you want to back Sevilla, you're not going to get a lot of money for it. So, for example, I'm just flagging some values here, right? Uh, the double chance for Osasuna, 172. Well, there is a good money there. Um, but I like better the clean sheet for Sevilla. I mean, call me call me crazy, but I think that if you come back one team to get a clean sheet in La Liga this season, is Sevilla. That pays 2.37. But I think that this is a game, and this is my personal my personal best, uh, the, be the best thought I can give you. I think that the clean sheet for Sevilla can happen, but it's, it's slightly speculative. But what I back here is a marginal win in this game. So the bookies understand that this game is going to produce not more than two goals. And I've got the proof for you here. The over 1.5 goals is paid 152. And the under 2.5 goals is paid 157. Go for the second one. 157 is better one than 152, and I believe that this is certainly going to happen. Under 2.5 goals in this game, a little, a little bit of a marginal win. Don't get too crazy about this game. Yeah, under 2.5 goals, 157. KG game. Sevilla, remember, the best defense in La Liga. Only 16, uh, 16 goals scored. Uh, and if we go for the victory of Sevilla, actually you have good odds if you back uh, Lopetegui's dull and boring message. Santa thinks that Martial will score on his debut for sure. Good sign, a eh? good addition for yeah. La Liga and he has to step up no, after his uh, mm. bad season or no season, let's say, with yeah. uh, Man United. Then, yeah. on Sunday, we have Valencia, Real Sociedad, two teams that also played uh, Copa del Rey in the middle of the week. And Valencia are coming with a victory and they had one more day of rest. They beat Cádiz on Wednesday. Real Sociedad were thrashed by Cádiz on Thursday. And I am surprised as well, Álvaro, to see these odds. Real Sociedad... Still, they are favorites to win in Mestalla, and we know that it's very difficult to win in that ground. You mentioned how Valencia threatened the team with some signings. Uh, it's true that in La Liga they are not getting a lot of points lately, but uh, I think uh, it's not bad odds to back Valencia, or you think Real Sociedad will bounce back in this game? No, I'm going to back Valencia here. I really think that uh, Valencia hmm, has been a little bit, uh, perhaps underrated uh, for this for this fixture against Real Sociedad. Before anything I do, uh, with the Martial thing, I'm going to say three things very quickly. Number one, Martial was alone. I, I said the signing before. Number two, Sevilla needs uh, quick players, so Martial is the perfect addition. And number three, uh, 
Manchester United has lost Greenwood and Martial in the space of two weeks because Greenwood is not going to play for Manchester United again for the foreseeable future. Okay, that was everything. Uh, Valencia Real Sociedad. Ilaix Moriba and Brian Hill. Two players on loan for Valencia. They are going to improve the squad, definitely. Uh, Valencia managed to qualify in the cup for the semifinals. I think that this team is doing certainly a very good season with a very short squad. But some players like Illamón, Alderete, Hugo Duro, Spanish guys who are actually uh, good at under 21 level, they are stepping up and they are offering a really, really, really good uh, performance uh, day in, day out. I'm really surprised by, by these Spanish Valencia players that, uh, you know, despite their age and everything, they are showing that they are very committed. Um, the odds are very generous for Real Sociedad and I totally disagree. I think Real Sociedad is in a bad run. We saw yeah. that against Betis the other day. I think that uh, especially up front, something is not working very well. Uh, the strikers are not uh, lately uh, making the difference. Then I think that David Silva looks a little bit tired to me. Uh, maybe this is obviously um, the part of the season when he starts feeling the exhaustion. Uh, this is totally normal. At the end of the day, he has played a few games uh, in his career, right? So I'm going to go for Valencia to win here. That pays 296. But then I'm going to go lowering down little by little the expectations on Valencia, but still back them, okay, if that makes sense. Valencia to win will be my best bet, uh, or my, sorry, my, my most uh, ambitious bet, uh, 296. The Asian Handicap 0 for Valencia, that pays 209, and that means that if they win, you win. If they draw, you get a stake refund, which is very interesting here. Or the Asian Handicap plus 0.25 for Valencia, that pays 172, and this is as conservative as I can go here. Um, that means that if they win, you win, and if they draw, you get half a lose with you. So I will be backing this, uh, these uh, three odds, uh, and don't forget, eh, that Valencia at home this season has been quite, a, a, not a phenomenal machine, but definitely a tough nut to crack. Yeah, you mentioned also that Real Sociedad are in a bad run. Only one victory in the last eight La Liga games. So, again, good odds to back this. Valencia, home of TikTok, is going for goals in this game, over 2.5 goals. Although be careful because Real Sociedad struggle yeah. a lot, actually, to score goals. Only 22 goals scored uh, this season. This is almost half of Betis. Edu, it's, it. a, it's a goal per game, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how many international strikers does Real Sociedad have? A few. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Almost all of them, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaac, yeah. Uh, Sorloz. So, exactly. Valencia, Real Sociedad, we have a Super Sunday in La Liga because after this good game, we have Barcelona, Atlético de Madrid. And this is key for the Champions League battle to uh, stay in the top four. And it's very important, I guess, Alvaro, this game also for both clubs, no? because Barcelona haven't beaten a top team in two years. And uh, Atletico de Madrid, they've been struggling a lot. They were able at least to beat Valencia coming back from a 0-2, but they are committing a lot of mistakes. So I think the team that lose this game is going to be really touched no and really harmed by the result also because uh, if barcelona win actually they will uh, overcome atletico de madrid in the table yeah i think that uh, a loss will uh, leave uh, whichever team really really upset disappointed and uh, probably overthinking about why they are doing uh, so bad lately uh, in the same way that mallorca cadiz was a six, proper six pointer well barcelona and atletico de madrid is another one if barcelona beats atletico uh, they'll uh, overtake them 
in the table. If Atletico wins, it'll be four points away from Barcelona, which is uh, pretty dangerous, considering that it will be only 16 games remaining. Um, look, Barcelona can, uh, if Xavi wants to, can put in place uh, a very new, brand new, striking forward lineup. I mean, he could play with Aubameyang, with Ferran Torres and Adama Traore, for example. You know, <laughs> uh, with, the, with the three signings, with the three January signings. Uh, there was another signing, which was uh, Dani Alves, and the other day he played for Brazil against Paraguay, and uh, he, he played kind of okay. Uh, but there are so many questions. Uh, how fit is going to be Aubameyang after a month training on his own? Uh, Adama Traore, um, is he going to fit this Barcelona system? Uh, what's going to happen with Dembélé? Is he going to play again for Barcelona? Uh, because uh, Mateo Alemani and Xavi, well, threatened the player in a way, in a way, saying that if he didn't leave, he wouldn't play again. And I want to see that happen because as soon as Barcelona feels that they are not going to qualify for the next Champions League, as soon as they understand that they are under threat, probably Dembélé will have more chances of playing a little bit. When it comes to Atletico de Madrid, we have spoken about them a lot this season. It's a problem of individuals. It's a problem of tactics. Simeone knows that. And in this... Um, Winter transfer window, they have brought uh, two fullbacks. I think that Atletico de Madrid had to improve in that department because Trippier left, uh, so Daniel Bass arrived in Atletico de Madrid. Daniel Bass is not exactly a right back, but he can play there. And uh, Reinildo will be the left back for Atletico de Madrid as soon as he adapts to the team. Let's see how, how well he does. But in my opinion, Atletico de Madrid has had a problem with the left back for a long time now. For this game, I'm going to go for the both teams to score. That pays 188. As you can see, Edu, I'm not uh, committing myself to the full-time market. The over 2.5 goals is something that I do like here as well. That pays 216. And I think that is a little bit disproportionate in comparison to the both teams to score. So I prefer the over 2.5 goals. And a draw, if uh, you ask me, uh, would you go for the full-time market? My, my answer would be not necessarily. But if I have to choose one, I will probably choose the draw because Barcelona hasn't been able to win lately, especially important games. And Atletico de Madrid at Camp Nou, I can see them getting a draw. They have done it in uh, recent years. So a draw will pay 355. The value is so generous that, uh, you know, I could take that risk. But otherwise, I will go for the over 2.5 goals. Sounds good, actually. The draw, Álvaro, you are also an expert in the Premier League. You follow it very closely. Do you like the signings of Barcelona in this transfer window? Well, uh, one by one. I think that Adama Traore has poor numbers. Oh. He's very, very entertaining yeah, yeah. and uh, very poor numbers. But at the same time, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you remember a player as well for some other things, no? like, for example, how much he can dribble and how much he can unsettle the opponent. So in that sense, I think that Adama Traore can bring something decent for Barcelona, even though as I said before, I think that um, he's a little bit unidimensional. Uh, he doesn't uh, do a lot of link-up game. But yeah, as an asset, as a resource to play 10, 20 minutes, to dribble past, he can do it. He, and he can be important. Then, Ferran Torres. This is a player for me that he has to prove himself. Uh, I don't think that Ferran Torres has still done a full good season. And 55 million for Ferran Torres is too much. I think that the only thing that justifies his uh, price tag is his age. And then when it comes to Aubameyang... Uh, Aubameyang punctuality when it comes to scoring is unbelievable. He's probably, in terms of goals, one of the best strikers of the last 10 years. I mean, he was the Premier League top scorer in June or July 2022. That's uh, 2020. 2020, yeah. That was amazing. But I can see the decline of Aubameyang. Last season, he banked only 15 goals in all competitions. So there was a little bit of a decline there. And he's been training on his own for... Um, 
for about a month. But still, Barcelona this season they haven't been able to score goals. The only good scorer they've got is Ansu Fati, but he's going to be out for uh, two, three, four months. So signing Aubameyang, maybe Aubameyang is not at the best stage of his career, but the signing is clever because Barcelona needs to score goals. So I would say that in the market, Barcelona improved the squad. Uh, not paying much money, only 55 million for Ferran Torres, so that was a lot, fine. But uh, getting Dani Alves, Aubameyang and uh, Adama Traore uh, on loan or as a free agent, uh, that is kind of all right. I think that they have improved the squad, but I'm not too sure if this is going to be enough to qualify for the Champions League on the basis of how Betis has been this season. Because the main difference between last season and this season is that Betis is phenomenal. So I think Barcelona will have to fight a lot uh, to qualify for the Champions League. And Aubameyang, the most differential uh, transfer they have done, he has to start making the difference from minute number one. This is a key game. Yes, I'm asking you if you were to pick a winner, whom would it be? Well, you mentioned that you like the draw, actually, draw, in yeah. this game. So it pays quite uh, good. And you were talking about Betis. So let's talk about Betis, about Pellegrini facing his former team. Actually, Villarreal, another team where he did a great job. And what to say about Betis? They are outstanding. They thrust Real Sociedad in Copa del Rey. They are in the semifinals. Also alive in Europa League, in the in La Liga, they are third. They thrash Espanyol with four goals. They thrash Alaves with four goals. So this is going to be a tough one for Villarreal. Some weeks ago, Álvaro, we mentioned that uh, Villarreal, they were getting closer to the European spots. They turned the corner. They are playing better. But away from home, they are very poor this season. Only one victory in the whole season. And for instance, very recently, they just lost against uh, Elche. Yes, and uh, maybe this explains a little bit why. Unai Emery uh, hasn't qualified for the Champions League with any club apart from PSG in the last 10 years. Edu. He never qualified for the Champions League with Sevilla, even though he was winning the Europa League. But And then he was qualifying Sevilla for the Champions League. But in the league, Unai Emery never qualified Sevilla for the Champions League. Never made them finish in the top four. Same thing happened with Arsenal and the same thing is happening with Villarreal. Unai Emery has proven that he's a very good manager when it comes to the knockout stages, but when it comes to the league, to the regularity, to Sunday after Sunday, well, he's not that, that, that phenomenal. Uh, and then maybe Pellegrini is right the opposite. Pellegrini finished second with Villarreal in 2008. Pellegrini won the league with Manchester City. And Pellegrini with Málaga, he managed to qualify them for the Champions League. So the, Pellegrini is a manager, the manager of the day-to-day, -day, of Sunday after Sunday, and what he's doing with Betis is pretty unbelievable. One of the differences between Betis this season and last season is that Betis this season is scoring many goals, and all their strikers, they are phenomenal. Last season, they were struggling uh, in the scoring department. Um, let's see uh, how they do here, but I think that this is going to be a high scoring goal. I'm not going to go necessarily for the for the full-time market because Villarreal can upset you anytime. But if I go for the goals market, over 2.5 goals, 174, perfectly acceptable. I mean, uh, Gerard Moreno, Juanmi, Borja Iglesias, so many good strikers here. Or the Betis to score in both halves, something that they are doing a lot this season. They did it at Real Arena on Thursday. Betis to score in both halves, 325. I love that one. And the last game on uh, Sunday, we have uh, Real Madrid, Granada. 
And there is many negative feelings uh, around Real Madrid, despite them being the leaders, but uh, they were knocked out of the Copa del Rey on Thursday. People were blaming Ancelotti because his lineup was a bit strange, uh, trusting Rodrigo or Vinicius, who just landed from Brazil. Hazard was uh, warming up but never came into the pitch. Jovic was not used. And the thing is that Real Madrid, they are struggling in the last games. They dropped points against Elche. They lost against Getafe. We all remember the last uh, time with Ancelotti on the bench, how the team suffered a lot in the second half of the season. And there are suspicions that uh, this might happen. Again, Alvaro, this game is key because after this game, they are playing Villarreal away and PSG. So this should be a comfortable victory if Real Madrid want again to keep distance with Sevilla. I think so, yeah. And uh, this is a very important week for Sevilla and Real Madrid. Real Madrid has to win. Um, I think that the, the lineup against Athletic Club Bilbao was very surprising because... Uh, Carlo Ancelotti preferred to use Vinicius and Rodrigo instead of Hazard, Gareth Bale or Jovic. And Hazard, Gareth Bale and Jovic are expensive players. I know that they are not going through their best moment, but still, that was a message. That was a clear message to me because Rodrigo and Vinicius, 44 hours before, they were playing a football game against Paraguay in Belo Horizonte, in Brazil. So, you know. This is something to follow up. Then I think that the absence of Mendy is uh, also costing Real Madrid a little bit because uh, with Mendy, Real Madrid doesn't lose this season. I mean, uh, this is uh, factual. It's happening like that. Um, and I think that Alaba uh, perhaps is a better centre-back right now at this stage of his career than a left-back. Uh, in Bilbao, as a left-back, he didn't particularly impress me. Um, for this game, Vinicius and Mendy are not available. Probably can't even either. And, um, you know, that's the reason why I don't think that Real Madrid is going to win that comfortably, even though I think that Real Madrid is the favorite for this game and the bookies are thinking the same thing. I mean, Real Madrid to win pays 127. Don't even look at that market if you want to get a little bit of money. But I repeat again, the problem of Real Madrid is that without Benzema and without Vinicius, they are a totally different team. And these two players will not play against Granada unless something miraculous happens. So. Uh, Vinicius, by the way, I think that uh, he will certainly not play because he's uh, booked with yellow cards, uh, but Benzema is injured. So, uh, Granada, two losses in a row. Mm, they are six points off the relegation. They lost to Getafe and Osasuna in the last two games. This is dangerous. This is a warning. I mean, they were good, but they cannot, uh, they cannot rest on their laurels because otherwise they are going to suffer. Um, And yes, a couple of team news. I mean, Darwin Machis, a classic player of Granada, left to Charlotte FC. And Danny Raba, a striker that Villarreal barely used. Uh, he is the new number nine of the team, or well, not necessarily the, wearing the number nine, but he's the new striker the team needed. I'm going to go for the following. I think that the Asian Handicap plus two for Granada is something very interesting here. I mean, let me explain this very quickly. Probably our listeners know, but if Granada wins, you win. If they draw, you win. If they lose by one, you win. And if they lose by two, you get a stake refund. So the Asian Handicap plus two for Granada, considering that Real Madrid are favorite, but they don't have strikers who can punish you all the time, that pays 173, and I will stick to that. And Real Madrid, they struggle a lot against teams of the middle down Part of the table, they drop points against Osasuna, for instance, against Elche. 
they suffer to win uh, other teams. So be careful with this game for Real Madrid and for sure uh, be aware of going for Real Madrid. Asian handicap minus something because I don't expect a thrashing result against a team that sit back like uh, El uh, like Granada very deeply. And uh, our last game is on Monday, Athletic. Espanol, Athletic, they are in great form. Apart from the victory, of course, against Real Madrid, uh, they beat Rayo away. They were successful, of course, in the Copa del Rey against Barcelona, Real Madrid. They beat big teams also in the Super Cup, like Atlético de Madrid. Now it's time also to focus a little bit in La Liga, Álvaro, because with uh, a couple of good results, uh, Athletic might get closer to the European spots. And this game is key for that because Espanol, they are struggling lately. Only one victory in the last five La Liga games and surprisingly came outside their pitch because they are way better when they are playing in Barcelona than away. Yeah, let me just do a quick prediction here. I feel that if Athletic Club Bilbao wants to play in Europe next season, uh, the easiest route for them is winning the cup because uh, it's going to be very difficult to finish in the top six because I can see Real Sociedad falling from the top six, but I think that the team that is going to get in the top six are going to be Villarreal. I mean, I think that the tendency is a little bit that one, right? But yeah, I mean, Athletic Club Bilbao uh, in the knockout games, they have been doing really well. In the last month, they have been at, beaten Atletico de Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid in knockout games, which is pretty pretty exciting, I would say. And the new generation is uh, just uh, stepping up and showing their quality. Mm. Strangely, Espanol, if you see the head-to-head -head against Athletic Club Bilbao, and this is a, a stat uh, given by, by Otspedia, in the last 57 meetings, really, I was very amazed, uh, Athletic Club Bilbao has won 14 times against Espanyol, but Espanyol has beaten them 22 times. You know, but historically, Athletic Club Bilbao has been a, a much better team. But it's true that now I think about it, and Espanol has beaten us so many times with Sergio Garcia, with Raúl Tamudo. I remember those <laughs> games really, really, really well. Look, for this game, uh, I think that Athletic Club Bilbao could be a little bit distracted because they will be playing the first leg of the Spanish Cup semi-final on Thursday. They could be a little bit distracted. Maybe there are a few rotations. I don't know how the rotations are going to work exactly for Marcelino. Espanol, they can be dangerous. We know about that. So I think that the only certainty that I kind of have here, and you will guess it, Edu, is that Athletic Club Bilbao are going to attack a little bit more. Therefore, corners. corners. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to go for the Asian Handicap Corners minus three for Athletic Club Bilbao. That pays 2.23. And the Asian Handicap Corners uh, minus 2.5 for Athletic Club Bilbao could be interesting too, but it pays a little bit less. So Asian Handicap Corners minus 3 for Athletic Club Bilbao. I'm going to keep that one for the ACA, in fact. I was missing the corners <laughs> in this show, but everything arrives. Then Alvaro, thanks, of course, for analyzing with us the 10 games. And since you nail many, many ACAs, let's listen again to your ACA for this weekend. Let's try to make some money. Uh, Getafe to win on Friday. Um, both teams to score in Barcelona Atlético. Over 2.5 goals in Betis Villarreal. An Asian handicap corners minus three for Athletic Club. That pays 14.22. Great. Álvaro, we have everything then to enjoy. La Liga is back this weekend uh, and we will be back the following week with Copa del Rey and with La Liga. Thanks, Álvaro. Thanks, everyone, also for following La Liga with us. Still leave your comments, your tips, for instance, for that Barça Atlético de Madrid. Don't forget to press the like and subscribe. Thanks, Álvaro. See you next week.
Take care, Bye bye. Bye bye.